Welcome to the Excel in Retirement Show, where financial planning becomes understandable. Your host, David C. Treese, is a licensed financial advisor who specializes in retirement income planning. Do you know where your income will come from in retirement? David helps people know where their paychecks will come from in retirement. David's desire for each of his clients is to have financial confidence, protection, and growth. We believe this is achievable with the right plan in place. Together, we'll build a plan specific to your financial goals. We work with clients all over, and we'd love to connect with you. Go to ClientsExcel.com to connect with us. If you'd like to speak with us, call our office at 864-641-7955. Thanks for listening. Now to the show. Okay, welcome back to episode 115 of the Excel in Retirement Show. I am appreciative that you are taking a few minutes here to listen. I tend to be someone who keeps vehicles for a while. I enjoy squeezing as much value as I can out of a car. It's satisfying. I feel like I've won and got my money's worth out of a vehicle when I can keep it for years. I'm not sure I will always feel this way, but that's the way I feel right now. That's the way I felt for a while. A few years ago, I bought a used Subaru. I got on a Subaru kick a couple years ago, and it is still with us. Um, The Subaru kick, not this car. (laughs) When I buy a used car, I have a strategy. Here's what it is. I ask the seller for all the details of the car. And then at the end of that um, call, I will ask for the VIN number. And I run a car fax to see the history of the car. And if the seller's story of the car matches up with the car fax report, then I feel pretty good about buying the car a lot of times. Of course, everything checking out with the visual inspection and so forth. But when I went to look at this particular Subaru, I, uh, I, I, I saw it there. At We met halfway between us. We lived about an hour or two from each other, so we met halfway between. And the seller presented a small notebook to me. And this guy had service records for just about every service record the car had ever had. And it was a lot. And I consider myself to be an organized person. I believe most people would say I'm a pretty organized person if you knew me well. But admittedly, I am not that organized. I do not keep every service record for every car repair or oil change and and so forth. That is not what I do typically, but I was impressed with this guy's work. I bought the car. This is like a this is like a dream for a, for somebody buying a used car, right? I bought the car and I, I drove it for a while. But one day after work, I pulled up to a stoplight at a four-lane road. This was a busy time of day. I had just gotten off work, and apparently everybody else had just gotten off work. And at that stoplight, the car decided it was time to take a break. I was stuck in the middle of the road, and I was pretty frantic about what to do. Luckily, we were able to get the tow truck there pretty quickly to, to get me towed out of the way. So I got the car repaired, but that first event seemed to be the opening of Pandora's box. After it broke the first time, it was one thing after another. I guess that's just the nature of the old car or buying a used car, I guess. And so it just kind of comes along with it. Something in the economy broke last week. And the and and it's only time is the only thing that will tell if further things continue to break in the economy. With interest rates on a rapid ascent over the last year, it had almost seemed inevitable that something would falter. 
And we all know that when pressure is applied, problems are often revealed. You've probably heard by now about the Silicon Valley Bank that failed last Friday. And here's a quote from the Wall Street Journal. Investors were worried that the fastest interest rate increases in decades meant that something in the economy might break. Last week it did. Now investors are asking what else might crack. On Friday, Silicon Valley Bank was shut down after getting hit by a run on its deposits, the second largest bank failure in U.S. history. The fall. The fallout has jolted Wall Street, highlighting fears that a year of rapidly tightening financial conditions is finally hitting home for the financial sector and beyond. And so it appears that the bank rapidly took deposits over the last few years and they needed somewhere to place their funds. And here is where the problem begins. The bank put a lot of money in treasury bonds and mortgage-backed securities. And we all know that when interest rates go up, bond values lose. lose. And so when interest rates go up, bond values lose. They go down. A few depositors figured this out early and began withdrawing their large deposits in the bank. And eventually the bank was unable to sustain meeting those demands of the withdrawals. That is a bank's worst nightmare. If you've been following this saga, you may be reading about fears of contagion which that's just a fancy word for saying when one bank fails or has problems, there's risk that other banks may fail due to a fear of similar circumstances. And so that's all that that means. If you've been uh, reading the news, you might have seen that Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen went on the Sunday morning talk shows and said that the government wasn't going to be bailing out the bank. And uh, that begs the question for what happens to depositors with over $250,000. We know that we have FDIC insurance that's backed up by the government for deposits under $250,000 and under. But the question uh, became, will those depositors ever see their money again that had more than that? And there were quite a few that had more than that. Then only a few hours later on Sunday night, the government came out and stated in in a joint statement, between the, uh, the Treasury and Department and the Fed and a few other governmental agencies in a joint statement, they said that all depositors in the Silicon Valley Bank would be made whole and have access to their money. In that statement, the government also indicated that they took over a New York-based bank that was in trouble also. And so quite the vacillation there of from the morning to the evening. So just last week, the head of the Fed, Jerome Powell, indicated that interest rates were going to continue to rise in his comments to Congress. The government had appeared to think inflation was coming down and interest rate increases might slow down. But after the economy added more jobs than expected this year, Powell began indicating that rates are likely to continue rising. It will be interesting to see if the government pauses raising those rates when they meet later this month or if the Fed will continue its plan to raise rates. So this this is uh, creates the million-dollar question or begs the question, what should you do as an investor? Well, here's the answer. If you have a well-thought-out plan, a well-thought-out financial plan of action, you should probably do nothing. Nick Murray, an advisor and a prolific author on the market, wrote, Wealth is not determined by investment performance, but by investor behavior. So the goal with financial planning is doing the planning so that you don't have to be reactionary when difficult times happen in the market. People with no plan have to play defense all the time. 
but we know the only way to win is by playing offense. You can be positioned to play offense by staying invested in difficult periods. If you have a plan, that is contingent on whether you have a plan. Time and time again, I have people tell me that if only they had not sold and had stayed invested, they'd be so much better off. Selling in difficult markets is what we do when we don't have a plan. And so I would encourage you that if you have a well-thought-out financial plan, then taking some time to figure out what to do is probably uh, all that you need to do. Or you might not need to do anything because you have a plan that's dictating how you're going to operate in these challenging times. So if you have any questions or would like to speak further about this, you can reach me by calling 864-641-7955 or by emailing me at connect at clientsexcel.com. I hope you have a great day. Take care. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and Clients Excel are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including potential loss of principal. Any reference to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the insuring carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It's not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet particular needs of an individual situation. Clients Excel is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Clients Excel. The use of logos and or trademarks of podcast hosting sites are the property of their respective owners and are not an endorsement by those owners of our firm or our program.